This is a podcast from Minute Media. Welcome to the Viking Age Podcast, part of the Fan Sided Podcast Network. Now, please welcome your host, Adam Patrick. All right, welcome to the Viking Age podcast, the official podcast for thevikingage.com. I'm your host, Adam Patrick. I'm the editor and lead writer for the Viking Age. Before we get started today on this, what seems like a monumental day in the history of the Minnesota Vikings, please make sure to follow the Viking Age on Twitter and Facebook. The site's username on Twitter is at the Viking Age, and you can follow the site's Facebook page by heading to facebook.com slash the Viking Age. All right, on today's show, we have Dominic Fister here from the Viking Age. Um, he is here to try and help us just react, basically, to the events of today, today being Monday, when the Minnesota Vikings decided to fire not only Mike Zimmer, but Rick Spielman as well. So, so Dominic... Just, you know, just what was your reaction to, I'm sure you weren't surprised with the Mike Zimmer news, but what was your reaction to seeing both Mike Zimmer and Rick Spielman uh, let go by the Vikings today? Yeah, the Zimmer news, first of all, thank you for having me back on, mm-hmm. Adam. Pleasure to be here. Um, mm-hmm. But the the Zimmer news was a long time coming. It felt like, you know, I was happy. Uh, you never, I mean, that's a sick thing to think about, but, <laughs> <laughs> but I, I think that was the right move is to fire Zimmer, but to see Spielman get canned as well was like a shocker to me. Cause I think the, the reports coming out were that he was going to be with the team in some capacity, maybe have like a watered down role mm-hmm. and still be involved in personnel. Cause I always thought Rick Spielman was a great GM. I thought that he drafted well. If you look at the Vikings roster, it's very well internally built mm-hmm. through the draft. He's always, he always ends up with a bunch of picks in his hands. He, you know, they, they manage the cap well, despite what other some people may think. Mm-hmm. I think that is a lot to do with um, Rob Brzezinski, who sure. runs their salary cap. But I think Spielman's done an excellent job, and, he, and he's been with the Vikings forever. Yeah, so t- 2006, I think, he came in pretty much when, when the Wolves, shortly after they bought the team. So he's been there pretty much the whole time. So I feel like that, that decision was probably the toughest and I'm not so sure if it's the one that they wanted what I'm, I'm kind of feeling like seeing um, also seeing the reports and stuff of, of Spielman likely taking a role higher up at the front office similar to what the Broncos did with like John Elway you know switching him from GM to make him like VP of player personnel or something like that um, it sounds like Spielman wasn't going to have as much control over the roster and that might have been something that he wasn't okay with. So he was just like, you know, if I'm not going to be able to do that, then I don't see any purpose in me being here. So I feel like it might have been more of Spielman's decision to just part ways than it was the Vikings. Because, yeah, from, from everything we heard, it sounded like the Vikings wanted to keep him. Um, and he might have even been the guy to pick his successor as GM. Uh, but that that's, didn't happen. It's not going to happen. Uh, Mike Zimmer's gone. Rick Spielman's gone. Um, and now the Vikings, I believe the ownership came out today and said they're going to look for a GM first before they look for their coach. 
Um, I'm assuming they're going to be looking at both though at the same time. Um, but they're going to probably just make a decision on a GM first and then figure out who will be the next, uh, Vikings head coach. Um, so looking at, I guess, cause Kirk Cousins is affected by this decision today. Uh, definitely because Rick Spielman played a big part in bringing him to the Vikings. Mike Zimmer, probably not so much. Uh, but with Rick Spielman out now, you know, what do you think this means for the future of Kirk Cousins with the Vikings? Yeah, I mean, it's really tough to tell. I think it depends on who they bring in as head coach. Um, some of the names around the league, like Brian Flores, I could see, mm-hmm. you know, a defensive minded guy. I could see Kirk um, coming back for the Vikings with Flores, but maybe a guy, uh, my, my guy, the one that I want. Uh, the Vikings to get his era, Eric Bieniemy from mm-hmm. Kansas City, and mm-hmm. so I, I can see him coming in and and them not wanting to keep Cousins and Coach uh, Bieniemy wanting to just have total control over the offense. So right. a lot of new faces, a lot of different looks, um, you know, with a more of an emphasis, hopefully on a spread look. You know, getting Delvin Cook the ball in space and, yeah. instead of you know running him into packed boxes with one receiver sets, Mm -hmm. (laughs) Um, getting Justin Jefferson more looks. Um, So I think it depends on who they bring in as head coach. Um, I personally think that Cousins will be gone too because I think this fresh next season. uh, Yes, I do. I think he'll be gone before next season. Okay. Yeah, I um, just talk about like the Vikings extending him or whatever to lower his cap in. I'm just like, that's, I feel like that's just like, moving i don't even know if it's moving the goalposts but just like pushing everything back even further pushing the inevitable back i guess because you know they tried in four years and just it hasn't worked for whatever reason you can blame kirk you cannot blame kirk um but they just haven't been able to win with him and this isn't say to say that he can't win anywhere else but the way the vikings are set up and the way they're probably going to be set up isn't going to be the right situation for a team to be successful with Kirk Cousins as their quarterback. I feel like um, he can go to a team. You look at look at Matt Stafford. We talked about him in the past about how he went to the Rams. That the Rams were pretty much set. They just needed a quarterback to come in and play better than Jared Goff and not not mess up a whole lot. And they got that with Matt Stafford. And I feel like if Kirk Cousins went to a similar situation like that, maybe look at a team like the Steelers. We're gonna need a quarterback, and it seems like they're pretty, they're pretty set as far as guys on on defense go. They they're going to the playoffs this year. They got playmakers on offense. They just got a, a nice young running back. Got some good receivers. Like I feel like the Steelers could be a team like that where the pieces are already in place for them to bring in someone like Kirk Cousins and Mike Tomlin is is someone who has been able to win with pretty much anybody. So I, I would look at the Steelers as a team to keep an eye on when it comes to, to where Kirk Cousins might go. He obviously there's connections to the Broncos with George Payton, but I just don't, I don't know if that team's is as ready as some other teams would be to take on Kirk Cousins. Cause Kirk Cousins is what he's going to be 34. He's, he's get he's getting up there. Um, and he's still going to want to get paid a lot. So, um, cause he's going to be like, look at my stats. Like I, I'm still playing at a, at a high level. Um, and, you know, you can't argue against it, but I, it also, I don't know. I just, 
I think the team, the Vikings need to move on because not only will it give them a fresh start at the most important position on the team, it just, it creates a lot of cap space that they need. They need, they have more holes than the amount of cap space they have now. You can look at possibly moving guys like Daniel Hunter too and Michael Pierce and Adam Thielen, Harrison Smith. All these guys are going to be on the table now because the guy that brought them in, Rick Spielman, is gone. So there's no one there to to really pound the table for these guys anymore. Someone's going to come in, do what they feel is going to help this team be best for the long run. And if people's feelings get hurt, get hurt within the next couple of years, then and so be it. Because if the Vikings end up hoisting that Lombardi Trophy in a few years, I don't think a lot of people are going to care how they got it. Uh, and that's that's ultimately the main goal. Um, and we kind of thought that they might have been able to do that with Mike Zimmer. Um, after, especially after that 2017 season, we're like, okay, they got the pieces, they just need the quarterback, and then things just didn't go the way they thought. Um, and now they're gone. Um, so you mentioned Eric Bieniemy and uh, who else? Brian Flores. Are there any other uh, head coaching candidates that kind of immediately pop in your head? I'm sure there's a bunch that are floating around, but any that, that kind of stand out to you? Yeah, I think another one is uh, Brian Dable in Buffalo. Yep. I think the work he's done with Josh Allen and the way the Bills have really come around um, have made him an exciting candidate, interesting candidate. I think that he's an, another offensive-minded guy that I'd like them to bring in. Um, another one they could go in a different direction um, is a younger guy, Brian Lefwich. Who yeah, I think, By- yeah, Byron Lefwich from from the Bucks. Mm-hmm. I think that would be more of a uh, youth movement, and you know maybe just a young, energetic. Guy. I mean, Leftwich has done a great job in Tampa Bay. I know that Bruce Arians is the head coach there, and he has a big say in what the offense does. But yep. I think that the confidence in Leftwich that Arians has shown this I'm year. I'm sure Leftwich calls plays. Yeah, so. as he, that his role has really increased, and there's been more trust there. So I think those three, four guys are who I think the Vikings should bring in. Also, Bianami used to coach here right. in Minnesota. He was right. our running back coach. He was here. 2006 2010 yeah and had a running back by the name of adrian peterson who yeah. did pretty well for a couple years here yeah i think the chances of the might have taken a hit today with uh with spielman going out the door um because i feel like he would have been someone who might have wanted to bring him in because of the familiarity and with the moving on from spielman i feel like the ownership and, and the rest of the team now kind of wants to move away from from that regime and just kind of start something brand new or they can just have their own guys and not go back to, you know, old friends and things like, things like that. Um, no, I know the, the general consensus is to bring an offensive minded, but would you be, I don't know, maybe disappointed if they brought in a defensive minded head coach? Are you over that, that philosophy? No, I'm not over it. I, I think Brian Flores is a guy that defensive minded guy who I'd love to see them bring in. Um, I, somebody because I know that they will play harder for they will play for Brian Flores. Right. You look at a lot of games, there are games that they just didn't play for Mike Zimmer. They came out flat. I knew the Zimmer era. I was out on Zimmer after the 2017 NFC Championship game and watching them just completely show up that early, huh? Yeah, I well, just you were think, there, right? I was there. So and I watched them just show up, not show up. I, yeah. and just lay an egg, you know, when you're that late into the season, 
you're you're not getting you shouldn't be getting blown out. You're with one of the best four teams in the NFL. Nobody right. can be that much better than you. So they just didn't come out to play. And 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 I yeah, after that, um, you know, there was a lot of hype for the cousins signing after that season and they just could never put it together. And I think a lot of their issues this year fell on coaching. Um, I think a lot was out of Zimmer's control. Like we drafted uh, a quarterback in the first round whose leg blew up and I, right. you know, eye surgeries and, you know, just different adversities. And that's football though. You're going to face obstacles. That's life. You're going to face obstacles and adversities. And I think eventually they just weren't able to overcome a lot of that adversity but i think a guy like brian flores is you know you watched a, a team like the dolphins who did not have a lot of talent no. uh, similar to the lions with dan campbell mm-hmm. um but just play hard and good things happen and i did not see a lot of that yeah what they Simber do win eight of eight of nine eight of nine final games or something like that yeah there's actually a crazy stat i saw that the dolphins this year were nine and oh against quarterbacks who had an o in their last name and <laughs> owen and owen eight against quarterbacks that did not have an o in their last name i don't i, I don't think that was from any uh, analytics uh <laughs> companies <laughs> but that's that's very interesting um one guy that keeps i keep coming back to that probably some people they hear the name and they're like Oof, i don't know and you might see me post about him but but uh, uh josh mcdaniels he's uh OC of the Patriots. He's been there for a while. He was a head coach of the Broncos back in the day, but that didn't work out. Um, and now he's he's been back with the Patriots. Uh, he has them in the playoffs with Mac Jones as their quarterback. Obviously, all the work he did with Tom Brady, but you know you can say it was Tom Brady or or whatever. But I I like his ability to not only adapt to the like the players that he has in his offense, but the ability to adapt to each game. You go back to like the Bills game this year when they ran the ball, what, like 50 times and passed three times? Like that would never happen in a Vikings offense. Even even Mike Zimmer would be like, we ran like way too much. But like they did, they do what has to be done to win, like regardless of whether, you know, that game – you know, that game plan is what you want to do every week, but they, I feel like I like the way that he, he adjusts to each week and each player that's on his team. I feel like uh, he's been away from head coaching long enough to kind of learn what's right and what's not. Um, you look at a lot of the coaches that are regarded as some of the best in the game today are coaches that are on their second or third gig. You look at Pete Carroll, Andy Reid, even Bill Belichick. Um, a lot of those guys are on their second or third gigs because they, you know, they failed the first time and then they came back and, and figured things out and did things better. And he does, people bring up the Colts thing where he was supposed to be the, the Colts coach. I think 2018, he verbally agreed to that, but then he backed out. But I've done a little more research on that. And it was basically because he wasn't going to be given the tools to be able to do what he felt would, you know, help him to succeed. And he didn't want to go to a place where he was going to be like set up to fail you know he's moving his whole family and stuff he's not gonna go join a team where he feels like it, it could be over in two or three years so he wants to go to a team that's going to give him as many tools as possible and the rumor is Ian Rappaport I think said this the other day from NFL media that he wants to go to a team that doesn't have a GM yet and the Vikings were mentioned because of Rick Spielman this was even before Spielman was fired so he's 
he should be, I feel like he's in the running. You look at the Patriots, a lot of people, the Wilfs love winning franchises. I'm sure they look at the Patriots and all the stuff they do. So I would, I wouldn't be surprised if they looked at Flores too, because of his connection to the Patriots. But, you know, McDaniels gets a bad rap, but I don't think that'd be terrible. Cause, and he could bring, he could bring in maybe Flores as the DC. I'm so. glad you brought up McDaniels and I like, I like him the same reason I like Flores because yeah. it comes from that Bill Belichick coaching tree yeah. and it's that mindset that mentality that we will do whatever it takes to win, not, you know, stubborn Zimmer. Like we're going to win right. my way. Right. We're going to do things my way. We're going to lose my way. You know, that's yeah. the, I, I think the adaptability from the Belichick coaching tree. And you, like you mentioned the Mac Jones game with three passes, you know, they're going to, they're going to win and the Vikings. I don't, I don't care um, how ugly it looks. Right. It wasn't pretty with Teddy. No. We won the division or case. Really? Or Case Keenum. Yeah. It wasn't pretty. There was never like Case threw some YOLO balls that came down and, <laughs> you know? Yeah. The Minneapolis Minute Miracle wasn't pretty. It no. was like, holy cow. <laughs> um, but when you win, you win. And Right. Not even to mention his work with like Jimmy G and uh, Jacoby Brissett too that year when Brady was suspended and they, I believe they went 3-1 and one or 4-0. Oh. and oh. um, And they were able to do that stuff without Tom Brady on the field. And, you know, that's, that's good too. I mean, he just, he's shown the ability, you know, Cam Newton, I feel like that might've been more, the lack of success with, with Cam Newton, I felt like was maybe more on Cam Newton than it was the Patriots. Cause once again, they switched like their total, their whole offense to fit around, you know, what Cam Newton was, was known to be able to do. And, and he just couldn't execute that. So it's not like they, he was trying to, you know, run an offense that wasn't going to work for him. It's just, it just, he wasn't able to do the things that he, was used to uh, being able to do. I right now, as far as GM candidates go, I don't um, haven't done enough research. I'm not even going to sit here and pretend like I did because they're not as I guess maybe household names as as coaches are. Are there any that you've come across where you you've been like, oh, that could be be good, or or maybe just maybe just what do you want in uh, the future of Vikings GM? Yeah, I think one name that came to mind for me and this might not be popular but is uh john dorsey yep he used to be the jam for the chiefs drafted patrick mahomes built that chiefs dynasty and the browns too right did he, and I he, think he drafted yeah, and he turned uh, the browns baker mayfield. He, he immediately went to the browns and got jarvis landry baker mayfield yep. odell um he's got an eye for talent people say that like oh but he can't manage the salary cap and the right. chiefs had to get rid of jamal charles and right. and but i mean the Vikings have a salary cap guy in Rob Brzezinski, like right. I mentioned earlier, who's been awesome in navigating that cousins contract. And I think John Dorsey's just got a great eye for talent yeah. and, you know, bring him, he, you know, making a splash, like getting Odell to the Browns. Right. Yeah. Why and did, why did he, why did he leave? Did they just, they fired him twice. Yeah. He got fired from KC and he got fired from Cleveland, which, He's with the Lions, I believe. Now he was with yeah. the Eagles as like a consultant, but yeah. that's a name I'd, I'd be perfectly fine with getting. Yeah, I wouldn't. I, I wouldn't. I'm sure I'd have. I no, I. I don't know. I don't know. I didn't even think of that guy, um, but yeah, he's had success, obviously, with the Chiefs um, and the Browns. Um, I think I've heard, but he. I do remember he had some questionable players. You think about like Kareem Hunt. And uh, some guys like that, where he, he's known to maybe take some more chances on guys that probably you should Character stay away issues. from. Yeah, like I, but he drafted Tyreek Hill. 
when uh, obviously that's worked out for the Chiefs. <laughs> so um, the exception, not the rule, though. But yeah, but there was some some still some some questionable things that that came up after Tyreek Hill was drafted, obviously. Um, and I feel like the Vikings took some chances like that uh, with Mike Zimmer, not as. Uh, severely although i do think they were interested in joe mixon uh before drafting dalvin cook obviously dalvin cook had his rumors or whatever before the draft too uh the draft of jeff gladney they couldn't really predict that whatever happened was going to happen um but yeah i i gotta do a lot more research on that i think uh one of our writers for the viking age dean jones has actually uh, got like eight gm candidates coming out soon so that'll help a lot of people figure out who's out there uh, just as far as uh, Mike Zimmer and Rick Spielman go, what what would you say your favorite moment or moments of the Mike Zimmer era was? Uh, I'd say the whole 2017 season. Yeah. <laughs> um, 2015, the win in Green Bay with to Teddy win to win the division. Yep. Um, I think. Was there like a fake punt in that game? It was like Sandejo? Right? That was Adam Adam Thielen. Oh, Thielen it did was that? his coming out yep. game. He, ran, he had a thirty-four yard fake punt. Yep. It was a great call. Um drafting when they drafted Stefan Diggs in the fifth round. For sure. I knew for I knew that that was a steal. And I did too. I watched film on him and I'm like, why how did he fall in the fifth round? Yeah. But sometimes that happens. Um I mean, getting Justin Jefferson in the first round. Guys fall in the draft like Justin like, Jefferson. <laughs> um, but I, even like you're, so I was, I mean, I was young. Their first right. draft with Anthony Barr. I didn't know who Anthony Barr was. I was, right. I didn't study that they clearly. Passed on Johnny Manziel. Yeah, that's what I thought. I was a little kid. I was like, <laughs> oh my God, how could they pass on Johnny Manziel? But I don't know, Eric Kendricks in the second round, Dominic right. Cook in the second yep. round. Yep. Brian um, Brian O'Neill, yeah. I there's been a lot of high moments. I mean, after the Leslie Frazier era, it was like yeah. we were we were down bad as a, sure. as a franchise. For sure. For sure. <laughs> but uh, to for I think Zimmer came in and he left the Viking, and that's really all you can ask for as a player, as a coach, or a GM. And listen, they're in know. good shape. They're in good shape right now. They're, they're, they're not, in good Zimmer's shape. Not, Zimmer's not leaving them in shambles. Right. So right. I don't think Zimmer was a motivator. I don't think I don't know how much he gets a lot of respect around the league, but I yeah. don't know how much players actually liked him. They like him um, when they're winning. Yeah, because we've seen. I don't know if you've seen it, but we've seen a lot of maybe some Vikings players hint today that you know his his methods didn't really work the last two years because they weren't winning. Um, mm. I think Eric Kendricks came out and said like you know fear fear based. Uh, Coaching probably isn't the way to go. Um, so uh, it's a little shot at Zimmer on the way out. And I was, if you listen to Eric Kendricks say, I don't know if you had a chance to watch it, but he kind of said some interesting things about like how they asked him about his relationship with Zimmer. And he was like, basically, I don't know. Why didn't you ask him? And I was like, what? Like, <laughs> you said this, Eric Kendricks? Like, you're the like leader on the defense and this is your. So, you know, if he, if he's saying that, then you know, yeah, it was probably the right time for, for Mike Zimmer to go. As far as the best move that you think Rick Spielman made, what do you think that was? Oh, that's a tough one. I, I really think Rick did a great job. I think um I mean we just talked about Stefan Diggs in the fifth round. That that's one of the best steals in recent memories for the draft. Um 
Uh, unfortunately, we had to trade. I mean, and then the, the Stefan Diggs trade worked out fantastic. For sure. So For sure. everything surrounding Stefan Diggs. <laughs> um, <laughs> his best moment, though, I I'm ha- I'm blanking. I I guess the would be my just the whole his, his career with the Vikings. Stefan yeah. Diggs' career with the Vikings. Yeah. Yeah, he did a lot of good things, for sure. Helped build that defense. Um, helped find guys in the late round, like you mentioned, Diggs, um, and a bunch of guys, Daniel Hunter. Um, but I think the thing that probably hindered his chance to stick around is not being able to find that great quarterback. He's found good quarterbacks, and you can. some people will say Kirk Cousins is great, but his record says otherwise. Um but he just hadn't been able to find that great quarterback and never really been able to figure out the offensive line. And yeah, I don't know yeah. how, much, how much that has to do with the quarterback because when Case Keenum was back there, that seemed like things were better, but he could get away from the pass rush a little bit easier than some of the other guys. But the offensive line certainly was not something Rick Spielman was good at building. Yes. Yeah, I think, well, the three – the three-headed monster, right? To any good franchise's GM, head coach, and a quarterback, and I don't think you could have a worse comp- combination of three between <laughs> Spielman, Zimmer, and Cousins. It was just a, mm, it was okay. a, no, even bad even marriage. When Teddy was there, it was a little better because I think yeah. Te- Teddy and Zimmer were a lot closer up. I mean, it's it's really not hard to get any to get closer than uh, you know what Kirk Cousins and Mike Zimmer were, whatever they were in their four years together because it didn't really seem like there was anything there because I don't think Zimmer wanted him anything to do with him at all. You know, he did what he, I guess he could do this year because he knew his job was on the line and they had those, you know, 40 minute meetings where they you know had to meet together. But I have heard that there was a lot of, uh, shouting and stuff when, when Kirk didn't want to get vaccinated and then he tested positive. There was a, it wasn't quiet reactions uh, when that that went down. Um, as far as your maybe least favorite Mike Zimmer moment or moments oh, that, man. that come to mind over the past two years, um, the, yeah. the the way the Kellen Mond situation was not the final straw for me, but it just like cemented that I knew he was going to get fired. Cherry on top. Cherry on top. The the. They started Sean. I think I think he knew he was gone. When I think he happened. knew he was gone too. I think he, I just, and and he's just like I don't care. I'm not going to start this kid. I'm yeah, not be just, here. it blew my mind because how do you? I don't understand any the logic behind Sean Mannion came off the COVID list, did not practice all week, and they started him over Kellen Mond, right. who had practiced all week, was your second right, right, right. round pick. So uh, if Zimmer's like. An old school guy, you're not going to start somebody. Who he's a practice. he's a he's a spite. He's a spiteful guy. Though. He's, he's a spiteful guy. <laughs> he's gonna, he's not going to help you out if you're not going to help him. I hate the way he talks to media when he's like he tries to talk to the media like Belichick when he hasn't won anything. So I don't for know sure, where he gets sure. that ego. Sure. I don't. I I his stupid voice is. I enjoyed weird. his final press conference on Sunday when he was asked about as he heard about his job status and he asked the reporter, "I don't know. Have you heard about yours?" <laughs> we all we all know who, which reporter asked him that, but. Uh, yeah, that's, he's, we're going to miss that weekly matchup between those two, uh, that reporter and, uh, Mike Zimmer every week. I'm sure, I'm sure the new coach will find him 
just as enjoyable. Um, <laughs> yeah, so I guess maybe there was there's more than one, just a bunch of things to stick out. Um, I would say, yeah, the last two years, the way he kind of... I don't know if he ever did this, where he ever accepted like full responsibility for the way the team played. Like he'd always try and say it was this or say it was that. And it's, you look at someone, the thing I like most about Andy Reid is like after every game, they lose no matter what, no matter if it's the offense or the defense or it wasn't, had nothing to do with him. He'll be like, you know, this happened and that's on me. That's my fault. Comes back to me. I don't remember Mike Zimmer ever being like that. It's always like, we should have run the ball more. The offensive line stinks. We didn't make enough plays on defense. Like, why do you think that is? Because of you. Um, so that's maybe the one thing that bothered me. I really liked his tenure um, as the Vikings head coach. I Maybe because he kept them. They were competitive every year. And that's part of the reason why people get worried when you move on from a new head coach. Because you're like, what if they go backwards and they get this wrong? And they're the Browns and they have all these terrible years. But I'm, I'm not really worried about that right now. But I just... I enjoyed Mike Zimmer as a coach. I think he's probably one of the last of his kind as far as maybe like the the grumpy old guy. I don't think we're going to see too many of those anymore, just the way the generation is. Um, But there wasn't a whole lot that I didn't like. I don't know. Obviously, the results. You could never win the game they needed to win. They beat the – him and Cousins were a perfect marriage of mediocrity, (laughs) you know? And – and they were. They, they, he could never win that primetime game where they absolutely needed to win. You'd win. We'd get the you know the Monday or Sunday night September wins over Green Bay, or we'd get you know start out one and two or two and one and get the big win in week two or three. It, it, he's never a guy. I would love to know what his December record is. I'd have to look that up. Not good. I know. Not Kirk, counting. I know Kirk West. Cousins' record in December is not good. Yeah, um, well, and I bet you Zimmer's is very similar. Their their careers sure. yeah. in primetime are very similar. Yeah. yeah. So they could never win that marquee game, and they could never get over the hump. And I, that's not Kirk Cousins. It was a problem before Kirk Cousins was here. For sure. Yeah, it definitely was. Because I remember, um, I don't know if it was primetime or whatever, but I remember the, I think it was 2015, and it was like, I think the Packers and the Seahawks blew them out. During the regular season. And those are games that, you know, you, you play those games. I think even there was a game against the Cardinals that was prime time. I think it was like a Thursday night game. And the Cardinals were, this is 2015. So the Cardinals, yeah, the Cardinals were good that year. They went to the NFC Championship. Um, and the Vikings weren't able to win that game. And those are the games you got to win if you're going to be a good team. Now they got to the playoffs, but then they lost in the first round. So, yeah. um, what about your worst Rick Spielman decision? Worst Rick Spielman decisions. Uh, it's hard to with the GM. It's hard because I feel like GM decisions are all hindsight. I don't know. He's made some some pretty bad decisions. Well, all right, uh, Mike Hughes. Um, yeah, I didn't like. I liked the Laquan Treadwell pick at the time. Yeah, I think a lot of people did. Those those are some uh, of the things. Um, he was going to get drafted in that position no matter what, no matter what team was there. So mm-hmm. I don't I don't blame them for for doing that. I think um, just. Yeah, like you had alluded to earlier, some of the moves with the offensive line. Um, I think that he let Zimmer not bully him, but like Zimmer, he felt the need to appease um, Zimmer and draft a bunch of DBs in the first round that we didn't necessarily need to. Yeah. 
Yeah. Like, I don't think we need to draft Jeff Gladney. No. There. I think mm-hmm. there there were better corners. I think I I, I think Trayvon you always went, draft like in the second round. And uh yeah. Antoine Winfield mm-hmm. was there too. Yeah. We mm-hmm. never drafted the best player available, it seems. Unless besides when Justin Jefferson fell. It always seemed like we were drafting like But they needed a receiver an offensive when, when, uh, when they drafted Justin Jefferson because they just traded Diggs. Mm, that's true. Yeah. So so I, I feel like we very rarely took best player available. Yeah, I'm trying um, to think. I think we we're just trying to fill holes, which, I mean, fill holes in other ways, I guess. But Jordan Reed always says take the best player available. For sure. For sure. I don't he, think the Vikings yeah, he, did that. He knows, he knows a few things about the draft. So we're going to miss on Garrett Bradbury. Yeah, that was a big miss. But at the same time, too, he a lot of people would have taken him in the first round, too. He had first-round grades and everything. Yeah. It just wasn't a... Sometimes those guys just aren't a good fit for the scheme that, you know, you run on your offense, even if you think they are. Um, but I think it's bad Spielman moves. I think of trading for Kare Vedvik, the kicker punter, oh. and send a fifth-round pick, send a fourth-round pick for Chris Herndon this year. A lot of people like Sam Bradford, and I know they're in a desperate situation. I didn't like sending the first round pick for Sam Bradford. He did not prove to me that he was worth the first round pick. I understand they were in a very desperate situation. They felt like that team could could contend, so they wanted to get a quarterback who was at least capable. That I don't blame him so much for, but I, I didn't like that. Training for Yannick Ngakwe last year, again with the Daniel Hunter situation, I felt like they probably were like, we need someone who can replace him. Um... Way back in the day, trading for like Mike Wallace, uh, oh, drafting. He wasn't the GM when this happened, but drafting Christian Ponder. It was like the year before he became GM. Oh, God, yeah. Um, I like this move a lot more than I did back in the day, but drafting Cordell Patterson in the first round, probably not the best decision, but we just didn't know. He, he wasn't pretty good right now. The NFL wasn't ready for Cordell Patterson back right. then. Right, yeah, he's like a him and Debo Samuel and like a couple other guys. Like they're very versatile and uh, fitting well today. Um, trying to think, those are just some of off the top of my head. Maybe some of the signings didn't really work out. Um, I'm sure I'll write about these coming up, and I'll be like, "Oh yeah, that was terrible." <laughs> but yeah, well, like you said, he had a lot of good moves. Obviously, drafting uh, Harrison Smith. Anthony Barr, Xavier Rhodes, uh, notice these are all defensive guys, uh, Dalvin Cook, Brian O'Neill, Eric Kendricks, Daniel Hunter, you know, extending Everson Griffin back in the day, um, not so much extending Kyle Rudolph. Uh, <laughs> um, uh, but yeah, a lot of good and bad. Just It just felt like it was time for, for something to happen and I think for me and you, we're in this unique period where not a whole lot of people our age. I know you're younger than me, but still, not a whole lot of people our age have experienced like the Vikings looking for a completely new regime. Because, like we said, Spielman's been with the team since like 2006, and I was, I think, I was either a freshman or a sophomore in college when that happened. So that was a long time ago. They, they need it though. I guess I like Rick Spielman, but like, yeah, yeah I guess they need it. What are the Vikings? Why not change? You're not. In well, what's going to happen? You're going to win seven games. Yeah, 
which why okay. not change? Why okay. not? We're already doing that. <laughs> and for the love of God, whoever comes in, if I. And if you they know throw what? One, if, if they fail with the guys they bring in, at least they tried. At least they tried. Yeah. And, and you, if they and throw if, one tight end screen, yeah. I'm going to lose my mind. <laughs> Um, but yeah, if they fail, then they fail, whatever. They tried and they'll keep trying until they figure it out. But it had to be made. They're, they're kind of just treading water where they were. Nothing was really working. And the goal is to win a championship. And that wasn't going to happen with the people they had in charge. Um, lastly, we'll, we'll leave with this. What are you excited about for the Vikings future? Uh, change. I hope. I hope they adapt to the, where the NFL is right now. I hope they adopt two policies. I hope they run a, a spread offense and play a little bit faster. I hope they switch over to a three-four. I hope oh, they yeah, play I like that. a three-four defense, and I, I hope they adapt and put more speed on the field and play a more modern NFL game than what we're used to seeing. I love CJ Ham, but I don't want to see <laughs> oh, any. I more, forgot about him. He's probably. I don't want to see any more targets to CJ Ham like that now. <laughs> I don't want to um, see CJ Ham have the ball on third down ever again. I think I would. I would. I'm excited about the future just because just new stuff. You always have. You're optimistic, even if it's the Vikings. Um, but I would like them to bring in someone who's not afraid to to make the bold move that's necessary. Like you, you go back to some of the moves the Vikings have made in the past. You know, extensions. Uh, you know, Harrison Smith, Adam Thielen. You know, they were probably playing at a high level at the time. I mentioned Kyle Rudolph. But, you know, were those extensions, did they really help the team? Like, moving forward, like, was it really a good idea to give these guys more money and and not maybe invest that in the players who were cheaper and help other holes on your team? Maybe maybe not. Because you look at a team, I know a lot of people, we mentioned the Patriots, and it's not fair because they always win the Super Bowl, so it's not fair to really compare to them, but... Bill Belichick is always known for getting rid of players before, you know, they, they hit their, their peak or the rock bottom. Um, and, and sometimes it works, sometimes it doesn't, but he's not afraid to take that chance to, to move on from a guy. Cause he knows that he'll be able to use the money that might've been spent on that person to improve the rest of his entire team. Um, and I just want people to come in and be like that. Just, you know, realize this is about a team it's not about certain players you know they, they all wear the same uniform so it's about it's about building the best team and not you know having the team with the best players so i just want that to be emphasized maybe it will maybe it won't um and maybe we'll figure out later on the line that these owners aren't the right owners even though they've they've pretty much done whatever they could to, to help the franchise as far as stadium goes and facilities can't really ask for for more than what they've done especially recently um but i don't know i'm, I'm pretty excited for yeah. this off season see what happens and i'm uh I'm ready to be let down too so <laughs> <laughs> gotta be careful with the vikings yeah i can't be too optimistic all right man um where can people follow you on twitter yeah follow me on twitter at nucci underscore 17 that's n-u-c-c-i underscore 17 for sure, and go check out his stuff on the Viking Age too. I'm sure he'll have some thoughts on whatever happens this off season. Make sure to go follow the Viking Age on Twitter and Facebook. Subscribe to this podcast on the Apple Podcast app, Spotify, wherever you get your podcasts. But until next time, the Vikings will still not have a new head coach by the time we talk again.
but uh, we will talk to you later. special about Hero Bread's soft, fluffy, and delicious breads, buns, and tortillas? Hero Bread serves up 0 to 1 grams of net carbs, 5 to 11 grams of protein, and high fiber in every delicious serving. Made with natural ingredients, Hero Bread supports gut health, promotes weight management, and helps maintain blood sugar. Hero also drops other limited edition ultra-low net carb goodies like rich flaky croissants and buttery brioche slider rolls. Head to Hero.co to shop today.